0: Why don't we praise Him tonight? I know we've praised a lot, but why don't you come on and help me a little bit tonight. Enter into His courts with thanksgiving. Oh, praise you the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. What a privilege to be in church tonight. I, uh, I give honor to the men of God in this place, such able, honored I am honored to be here. I salute the pastor, and you just stand with me and I'll read very quickly. But I salute this Elder Bass, the Pastor Bass, and his wife Uh, had the burden and the vision of this meeting, and uh, not only uh, this meeting, but uh, just a lot of places I go. Brother Wade Bass has been by and left part of himself. I left part of his ministry. I suppose uh, the greatest five nights of account meeting that I ever heard was this past year, and uh, your pastor preached that meeting. And uh, I got the tapes, and I said, Now this can't, this can't continue. This level can't continue. And, and it didn't. He just moved it up every night. And uh, so I am honored to be here tonight, and uh, I salute these men, and you tell a lot about a preacher by men who come to his meeting. You look around at the quality of men that are here tonight, and I, I tell you, Brother Bass, this speaks, so, this speaks volumes to me, that men, the, the, uh, men, some of the greatest preachers of this generation, are here tonight. God has put us together, and I thank God for that. Now, uh, it's hard to preach a, a conference message and, um, and help people. It's hard to preach a, a message where everybody can critique it, and boy, when you get us together, I don't know who empowered us to, to critique everybody. But we got the anointing to do so. And uh, some of the worst, worst places to preach is where there's a whole lot of good, able preachers. But uh, I have come tonight not to impress one living person in this building tonight. I'm not proud and I'm not haughty, But I'm just not here to impress you. Uh, It took a little turn this afternoon. Uh, I'm not gifted. I wish I was. I admire men that are gifted. But it's happened a time or two in my life. It happened again this afternoon, and it sort of changed my uh, demeanor, my spirit. I remember one time, and and I know you're standing, but I'm going to be standing a lot longer than you. But I remember one time uh, it worked, and I passed by, and there was a young lady that uh, was going in the house. And uh, she just waved at me, the preacher and her with me. And uh, if you would line six young ladies up here tonight... You would never pick this young lady to be an adultery. And it had never crossed my mind. It was the furthest thing from my mind. And it just came with a forceful adultery. I, I would have never, never put that with this young lady. And uh, I mentioned it, and uh, it was sort of a, no, no. But it was. It really was. She called just a few days later, and, and she was in deep, deep trouble. And it happened again at another time. And it was quite a shocking thing. It's not that I'm gifted and I'm not spiritual. I I want to be. But I was in this room today, and I I looked across, and I saw, and, and it was that same, same heavy, heavy, heavy spirit that come over me today. And in the midst of this wonderful conference, in the midst of this high conference, we have needs in this building right here tonight. and God forbid that I think that I'm here and it's different. No. But I don't know what this meeting holds for somebody. It may be the difference between life and death. It may be. And I, I wanted to come and preach what uh, we call a conference. Comp- I, I, just, I just got to obey God tonight. I want you to pray with me right now. Would you would you pray with me right now? Would you pray with me? I I uh, want God here. He's <laughs> Amen, and everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I, uh, you know, there's power in preaching. There's power in a service. Please don't underestimate this service. Probably the best is yet to come in this conference. I looked at the ministers yesterday or tomorrow, and what a what a lineup! What preaching we had today and last night. But I just got to be me tonight. Chapter 3 of the book of Acts. We go to home base tonight. And um, I, just, um, I just feel that God wants to help somebody. I wonder if we've got any honest people here tonight. How many of you need help tonight? Just wonder if we got any honest people here, Well I tell you that pride, will, that pride, will keep you away from God's best. And uh, I just want God to help us here tonight. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. They had to carry him everywhere he went. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. I suppose if he had silver and gold, He would have given it to him, and that have both felt good, and that could have been the end of the story. But he said, "I don't have that, but such as I have, give I thee, and that's all anybody can give is what to have." In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. Walking, leaping, and praising God. Verse 11, And as the lame man which was healed, held... Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch. That is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And you may be seated. Now I really if I had my way tonight, I don't I don't really want to preach long. Simply because I read in Luke chapter four and verse eighteen where The Lord said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. First of all, it's upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. Then he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And then he anointed me to preach deliverance to the poor. And the recovery of sight to the blind... And to set at liberty them that are bruised. And then to tell them they can all get it tonight. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. So I know I may begin tonight and cross theological swords. But I have done that before. I don't want to do that. But you can't hardly preach this without crossing somebody. And I say it's a pretty sorry sermon that don't hit somebody. Sometimes. He said there's anointing to preach. And then there's anointing to heal. And you preach and you heal. And you preach and you heal. Three unctions to preach. Three unctions to heal. Heal the brokenhearted. Heal the blind. And heal the bruised. And they're probably all here tonight so to do the whole counsel of God after we have preached we need healing in the house and i think we need to quit kidding ourselves we're desperate for an old fashioned move of healing in our midst physically mentally and spiritually Oh, I want to preach tonight. I, I do. I do want to preach tonight. Close to the birth of the church, we have a, an apostolic pattern for revival. Now, I, I can buy this because it's in the book. But I, I don't want to be critical or controversial, but I can't buy a lot of stuff that I'm hearing and reading today, but I want to stay in the book. And I, I present to you probably the greatest revival in the New Testament church as far as number is concerned. happen in chapter 3 and chapter 4. Of the book of Acts. And I, I don't really know anybody that's against revival. I think we're against a lot of stuff. I don't know anybody that would have an evangelist that's got to be so stupid as to be against revival. If you are, we've already, we've already hit head on. Uh, You just understand that there is a retard spirit. There will be revival. If one prays through, that's revival. If somebody's blessed and healed, that's revival. Amen. I want to talk about a Bible-based pattern for revival. And I want to talk about the lame man. He was not the man with lame ankles and lame feet. He was known as the lame man. Nobody else in scriptures call the lame man. They had lameness. But this man's lameness, which means weakness, lameness means weakness. This man was not crippled. There is a difference between cripple and lameness. This man was not deformed. He was just lame. He just had a weakness in an area of his life that became a real problem to him all of his life. And this man's weakness was healed. This man was not doctrinally wrong. He wasn't a sinner, adulterer. He was just weak. He couldn't stand. He had no ability to stand. He wanted to stand. He probably tried to stand, but he couldn't stand. He needed somebody to help him up. He needed a ministry that would pull him up from where he was. Now, he lived in the promised land, and he lived by a gate that was so beautiful. They just called it beautiful. Now, I've never seen a gate so beautiful. I, I I don't want to get that silly spirit on me, but I've seen some ugly things. Ought to be called ugly. But it said this gate was so beautiful they just called it the beautiful gate. And here he is in the promised land. And here he is by the beautiful gate. So near to an opening into the most powerful place on this earth. Until just a few days ago when the Holy Ghost came. And he had lived here all his life. And he'd been disqualified because of a weakness. His problem was not theology, his problem was not uh, deep sin. He was, I'm going to repeat myself because it's a quite a little bit of revelation to me this revival is going to change the church. The church will never be the same after this miracle. This is an apostolic pattern for revival. Everything he needed was there. There was no miracle of creation. God did not have to speak anything into existence. It was already there. He was not club clubfooted. He just had some weak ankles. And weak feet. And in the process of time, that weak, Structure that could not support him when he got ready to stand for something or own something. And because he could not stand, he could not walk. And because he couldn't walk, he couldn't enter the temple. No longer is he known as the man with crippled feet or lame feet and ankles, but he becomes known as the lame man. The lameness has infiltrated and spread all over his persona, all over his personality. The lameness has influenced his mental capacity. His mind thinks like a lame mind because he's a lame man. He has the emotions of a lame man. <laughs> so close. We're talking about potential revival, sitting at our gates, potential revival. All that they need is strength to stand. But I tell you what you can do, you you can go look for the mystic, and most of the time you find the mistakes. You can look for revival in the deep, dark kinds of secrets. and But I'm telling you, brother, I'm talking about something plain here tonight. We have lived to see the day that the weakness has absolutely permeated to the brain of this thing. And it has absolutely affected the thinking and the emotion and the mind and the decision-making of this thing. And I'm telling you, the only hope is for a preacher and a ministry that's strong enough to pull you up instead of you pulling them down. Everything about him breaks, reflects, mirrors my weakness. A lame man's a weak man, he's not a crippled man. He just needs strength. And if it's severe enough, it will infect and influence and permeate your whole life. And your whole life will be a- affected. By what area? But it's just one area. It was just one area of this man's life. And he, he, he you know, Mephibosheth was lame on his feet. But he was never called a lame man. Eight years later, when David said, is there any of Jonathan's son? They said, yeah, we got a boy that's lame on his feet. 17 years later, when David comes back uh, from Absalom, he he hasn't trimmed his feet. He's still a man that's lay, that's got lame feet. There is a difference between somebody that's got lame feet and a lame man. The man with a withered hand was not called the withered man. Not the withered man. But we've got a man here that's a lame man. I, I, you say you, you're saying that over and over. I want to nail it down till it don't even wiggle. <laughs> now we've got a lame man on a hatch. And when we get this lame man free, there's going to be five thousand men. All right. uh, understand, uh, scholars, which I am not one, say that for every man there was probably at least one woman and one child. So we are looking at a revival of fifteen to twenty. Thousand people. And it's quite at score. We are looking at a revival as far as number far eclipses the day of Pentecost. I'll tell you to hear lately, this is a pretty good number, but it's not even in the it's to hear lately. But you understand that we're looking at a, a revival here that brought in 5,000 men. Now, if you have a problem with that, you have a problem with the word. You have 15,000 people added to the church, that's a city. That's almost a county in some places. If you have a problem with this, you, you have a problem with the Word. Don't, don't talk to me about it. You talk to God about it. This man had to be carried. Oh, I'd like to preach here tonight. I, I, I really would. Oh, I believe everybody here wants for me to do well. I, I feel that. I feel that. I just want you to know he had to be carried when you're lame. People have to carry you. They have to carry you in worship. They have to carry you in the prayer service. They got to carry you in the preaching service like, like we're doing right now. Carrying some folks. Everybody shake your head this way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you can tell when folks are lame. Because they have to be carried. When it comes to revival, you've got to carry them. Oh, I wish it would come upon me, brother. You've got, to, you've got to help them in worship service because they're lame. I'm gonna jump way, you may, you may, I'm gonna jump way ahead. You know, Proverbs said something about a lame man. He said that the legs of a lame man are not equal. 27 and 6. Uh, they're not equal. He's got a problem. You don't have balance. Oh boy, I wanna say some things tonight and I'm gonna say it. A lame church, a lame church, is a church that can't stand. We've got everything we need to have an apostolic revival except power to stand. i tell you something about standing. A man usually falls the way he's leaning. I said, a man usually falls the way he's leaning. And there's only one way to stand, but there's hundreds of ways to fall. Mm. Feel a little better. Brother Brad Terrell, feel a little better. You, you you usually fall the way you're leaning. We've got to get the church on its feet. Standing. That can commit. That, that don't have to be carried. Now this is what God... Uh, by, uh, there's some folks, they just keep a running dialogue with God. How you doing, God? Oh, I'm good. How you doing? Well, it don't work that way with me. Wake like, them up and say, "Did you sleep good?" No. Well, I'm sorry you didn't sleep. No, but every once in a while I get something. God said that these 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 lame these legs they're not equal. You know what? God has gifted God's gifted, and this is a man that has potential to have to bring revival. I, I want to get this together here tonight. You, you just understand this just coming out of my brain here. I want to get it together here tonight. I was out in West the West Coast and there's a young lady come up to me and she said, Are you Brother McMullen?" I I I, I said yes. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if it's good or bad. She said, You are Brother Copeland's brother in law. I said, That's my claim to fame. She says, He preached revival in our church. And my brother got the Holy Ghost in that church, in that revival. He came out of the Tolo, the gang. And there's 65 people in that church that my brother, that got out of prison, that's brought to that church, that's filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. I'm preaching to a lame man, but healing is in the house tonight. We're not going to leave here lame, Pastor. I said we're not going to leave here lame, brethren. Do you understand that all things, God's in the house tonight, and and there's a whole lot of needs in this place tonight, and all things are possible in this house tonight. Don't underestimate this service right here. Don't you understand that what I'm endeavoring to preach, God can set you free from that lameness right now. I know it don't make sense. It's piecemeal. It's disjointed. But I I just got to bring it to you like I feel it. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to hit a trail. I admire folks that can write it all out and follow it. I I admire that. And one of these days, I'd do a lot better. I promise you. I'd write it out and follow it. I promise you that. Because some places I don't do too good. But I thought the lame man's legs. You know, God has gifted most of us. God has gifted us with talents and gifts. Don't don't let this disturb you, but ministries. And sometimes the ministry develops, and the gift develops quicker than the man. Sometimes the gift develops quicker. And the character of the man, and he can't stand. He's got the right message. He's got the right message, but he's lame. He can memorize scriptures. He can move crowds. But sometimes he has a problem with the truth. Lame, folks. Got an air of weakness. Sometimes he has a problem with money. Yeah. And the message and the gift and the ability to speak is there. But he's barren and he's empty, and he's got a problem. He's a lame man. Samson had a gift that was powerfully in operation in his life, but he had no morality, could not be trusted alone. could not be trusted in a motel room. Oh, i got to preach here tonight before I quit. Could, could not be trusted with the opposite sex. But he had a gift. Brother, he could spend the night in a harlot's house and get up and get under the gates of Gaza that weighed tons, yeah, uh, and it ten miles to a mountain stronghold called Hebron. Shake his hands and say, any of you boys want to try it? He's a lame man. The gift far out ran the man, and he had no character, and he had no ethics, and he had no morality. All his life he chased it. The gift came and went and came. I'm preaching to somebody here today. I'm not, but I'm telling you, there's not an entertaining bone in my body. I'm not trying to impress anybody, but I'm telling you, I got a word before I left here this afternoon. I feel it here today. There's a lameness in this house tonight, and we've got to somehow have deliverance. Whatever I can do, brother, I want to be a minister that can reach out and pick somebody up. You don't know who's on these pews, brother. They didn't know what they're doing, but this man was going to bring and change the New Testament church. It would never be the same again. It just had a week. You couldn't tell it by looking. You can't tell by looking at us, are we? We all, we all look pretty good. It's just that he had to be carried. Just that he had to be carried. Brother, I'm I'm trying tonight, and I won't land this thing for long. But I, I'm trying tonight to tell you. That the only hope, the only hope is for you to allow the ministry to help you. And I am telling you, you better hope to God that your preacher stays clean and pure and holy and free from this world. All I can tell you is you better hope to God that your preacher can fall in love with God and hate this world and hate sin. And when he gets up to preach and it seems a little strong, every man in the house ought to be on your feet saying, Preach! 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 Yeah, yeah. Then we're going to have to do it. Since when has it become acid? Since when is a minister acid because he preaches against the world? I'm going to tell somebody something here today. I feel this strong in the Holy Ghost for you that are just you that are just discovering. That you can do a lot of things and still run with holiness people. Whatever you do, your children's gonna go further. You can't come to that ball game. Don't pretend to be what you are, because he's going to be sick of that hypocrisy. God said, when you do get a king, there's three things, don't you do? Don't you multiply wives, don't you multiply horses, and don't multiply silver and gold. Oh, here comes David. God, if he don't if he don't start getting wife after wife after wife, I read that and I don't even want to read that. But he's there. I'm gonna tell you what Solomon did. David howled the horses. He cut their he cut the hamstrings. He, they couldn't be war horses. He just failed on one, but I'm going to tell you what Brother Solomon did, brother. I'm going to tell you, he multiplied horses, and he multiplied silver and gold till it was like stones in Jerusalem. and wives and concubines, galore. And I'm going to tell you something for you that's just discovering the Saints and the Falcons. We done been through this in Texas years ago. I remember the first time that a man walks up and says, I've got season tickets to the Astros. Bold and brash. You see, we done been through all of this. Your only hope is to stay around apostolic preachers that's not afraid to stand and preach to you. That's not afraid to to lose your good favor. That's going to tell you that that old daddy of yours and that old preacher of yours was not wrong. They have not led us in the wrong path, brother. You know, when the world comes in and they're down and out, and you've got a lame ministry. You've got a lame ministry. I can't pick them up. Can't pick them up. I'm going to tell you, your best friend is that man that walks to that pulpit, that's kept himself all week, money's not his God. You understand that money is the God of so many people, they chase it all week? Well, I'm into this. I might as well just go ahead. I I can't help this. I didn't ask to preach this. I'll be back next year, but I don't have to preach. I'm just telling you, i got to be me. And if somebody don't help us... And we don't get to the place that we're just going to talk about revival and talk about souls and talk about evangelism. But we can't talk about what I'm talking about. I hope I don't seem like i got a bad spirit. I have got a good spirit. Right? Right? Oh, there's a snake in this house. Somebody better kill that devil. they say, oh, but he messed up the chairs. You better get that snake out of here. When your preacher gets up on Sunday night and some somehow, brother, he's got a different attitude and he's walking to that church and different, everybody in there ought to say, hey, we're going to ride with that preacher tonight. He's going to keep it safe around here. I said he's going to keep it safe right here. we got lame men here tonight. we got lame women tonight. And this man that was lame was the catalyst to the greatest revival as far as number. You'd think that raising the dead would have produced more. You'd have thought that... That the the great miracles of the book of Acts and I'm not minimizing and I'm sure not one to say which is best and which. I'm just telling you in results it was just a simple thing of strengthening the things that was already there. Sardis said the things that remain strengthen those things that are there. Could it be that sitting on every one of our pews is the man that can turn this thing around? Could it be that's sitting somewhere just outside the door. We're looking for that great, great thing. Come on, Lord. Cloud and smoke and fire and thunder and miraculous. I'm just telling you how that it happened. The precedent. If the law of first use means anything, this was the first revival after Pentecost. It was nothing... It could not be done right here. Supernatural. Miracle. He lacked soundness. He lacked wholeness. He said, God has given him this perfect wholeness. Soundness. In the presence of you all. Amen. There wasn't no hocus-pocus stuff wasn't no credit card number stuff. Don't look at me that way. I feel a long one coming on now. If I get some help here, I'll land this thing. You can thank God for a preacher, brother. That's all I can tell you. You better thank God for the preacher that God put in your life. You better thank God for the preacher that God put in your life that's going to tell you we're not going to have that here, so help me, because we got a lame world out there, and they can't come to a lame church. They <laughs> can't come to a lame church. They've got to have strength. I said we've got to have strength. I said we've got to have a strong church. Aren't you tired of being carried? I said, Aren't you tired of somebody carrying you in prayer meeting? Somebody carrying you in worship? Somebody carrying you in preaching? Now comes the part where you fight devils. Preaching's easy. I'm going to tell you, you can listen to enough tapes that you can preach anything anywhere. This is not, did not come from a tape. This did not come out of a book except this book right here. God put score 2001 in your life for direction. And for healing. He sat at the gate. He was he was there for the wrong reason. He wanted to receive something. I'm gonna tell you there's two reasons why we come in this church tonight. One of them is to be preached to, and the other one's to be healed. That's twofold message of the church. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to preach. He's anointed me to heal. That's the Messiah. That's Messianic. That was Isaiah 35. That was his credentials. But when they came from John and they said, Are you Messiah not? Said you go tell them. The poor have the gospel preached. The lame are walking. The blind are seeing. Then he said, I'm going to put it in your hands and you go on and you do it now. And greater works than these are you going to do. Uh, You know what? He passed by this beautiful gate time and time again. But he left something for John and Peter to do. And when we have expounded and given the best of our abilities and the deepest mysteries of it all, brother, church is unfulfilled until that healing spirit comes in this house right now. Let's pray that that healing... healing. Heal our lameness, God. Let us somebody pray, heal our lameness, Lord. I just got one weak area. I'm fighting in one area, God. But it's affected my whole life. I've become the lame man. (laughs) I've become the lame woman and I got a lame home now it's affected my wife and my children the deliverance in this place tonight let's stand shall we Uh, I tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost there's young couples all over this building that ought to grasp hands with husband and wife and come to this front And say, I will be healed before I leave here tonight. I'm telling you, there's men and women all over this place that ought to make your way here. Oh, pride has a sophistication. Yes, it does. Pride, pride will make you stand there when you know God has preached to you. You're denying the preacher's ability to help you, sir. There's a reaching down hand here tonight. I said, there's a reaching down hand here tonight from the ministry. whole lot of hypocrisy. A whole lot of, uh, uh, of hypocrisy in this building. And, oh, please, please. You got the right smile. You got the right clothes on. But you need healing tonight. Come on around, folks. Come on up here. Come on, guest. God saw you come in, young man. Why don't you come on tonight? It's prayer time. I'm bringing my weakness to you, God. I got a problem. I just got a problem here. My family, we got a problem. We got a problem. We got a problem. We got a weakness. Come on back there, young man. I'm I'm re- I'm waiting on you. I saw you this evening, sir. Yeah, I did. You disturbed my afternoon. You know why? Because you're in deep, deep trouble here in this room. You're in deep trouble. Gonna to try to smear it and, and smooth it over, but I tell somebody God's got your number. Come come on around, folks. You in the middle aisle. Come on around here. Come on around. Come on up front. Come on in there in the middle. Come on up here, brother. Come on. Preacher, are we strong enough to say we got an area here that needs healing. My hands up, brother. You hear me? Preacher, you're strong enough to say, Heal me tonight, God. Heal me of my lameness tonight. Brother, bash my hands up. I don't want to be a lame man anymore. I don't want it to cover. I don't want it to affect my judgment. I don't want it to affect my life. I don't want it to affect my home. I don't want it to affect my children. I don't want to affect it. I don't want to, Come on, brother. Come on. Somebody needs to help me pray. I know it's nothing to you, but I feel a mandate. I feel like that there's healing in the house. I got a weakness here, preacher. God, I'm telling you, I got a lameness that nobody can help me with. The psychologists can't help me. The counselors can't help me. Come on, folks.